Welcome to the Reluctant Messenger podcast, where we discuss spiritually transformative events, encounters with angels and guides, out-of-body explorations, and much more. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel. You can find links on my website at candacesanderson.com. Hello, my name is Candace Sanderson, and if you're just now joining us for the first time, welcome. This will be episode five in my throwback series. If you go to my YouTube channel's homepage, if you click on the heading that says playlists, you'll find the rest of the videos in this throwback series. You'll also see playlists with energy tricks, guest appearances, and more. But in this series, I revisit communications from the messengers, but these were not any messages that I included in either of my two books, The Reluctant Messenger or The Reluctant Messenger Returns. And I've learned so much since I received these messages. Today, I'm sharing a message that I channeled in October 2013. This was just a couple weeks, almost two months, actually, after my spontaneous opening to that non-physical dimension in late August. And I was such a newbie. I was such a novice. I had just been in contact with what I guess we could call star beings. And I was being inundated with these messages from these star people from a variety of places, including Alpha Centauri, Chiron, the Pleiades. Now I was about to learn about meditation and energy. Until I began receiving messages from these cosmic beings, I had to find my life through my five physical senses. As a psychologist, I believe that if I couldn't measure something with using my senses, it didn't exist. These new messengers were inundating me with information that was contrary to my belief system. I didn't judge the information as it came in. I let my training as a psychologist kick in and I sat back and became the objective observer. When I did that, it actually kept that information flowing. Now, later I would research it. And more often than not, I could, I started verifying bits and pieces of what the messengers were telling me. Over time, this validation became a game changer for me. But that's a story for another time. Let's dive into today's message. This is from October 24th. 2013, as these new energies approach the earth by way of our sister star, your sun, many humans may feel what you call is discombobulated. This is only a temporary condition while the pathways of the new energy are being paved. It is not unlike driving a vehicle to a destination that has never been driven to before. One might need to go across fields and rough terrain. When one returns using the same path, the road is a little smoother. As one continues to traverse the terrain through the same pathway, the so-called bumps in the road are no longer discernible or bothersome. When I received this communication, I had been 
receiving messages from these cosmic beings who had told me that they were giving Mother Earth a boost by changing the frequencies in their, quote, sister star, our sun. In chapter five of The Reluctant Messenger, it's entitled Cosmic Contacts, and I cover many of my conversations with them in that chapter. But this message, which I didn't include in that chapter, describes how this energy might affect us humans. Discombobulated. I love that word. I don't think I've heard that word in 20 years, and I'm not too sure I've ever really used it before. But it makes me smile when I hear it. Even the word itself, discombobulated, it describes a feeling of confusion, like you're not quite tethered to reality, you're befuddled, you're confounded. And I know we've all felt this when you're just out of sorts, you're not quite yourself. Nothing seems to work exactly like you think it should. It's nothing really severe or significant, it's just jumbled. But that next sentence gives an analogy to the, that the messengers have used before and since. So I figured it must be important for them to continually repeat it. I think this is the first time they used it. Now, this might actually say something more about me than the message itself. I'm thinking maybe I'm the one who need to hear it multiple times in multiple ways before I would actually allow myself to consider it as valid. In one example that I did include in my book, I had a vision of walking through a field of wheat at night. And as you walk through the stalks of the wheat bend, and so it's easier to find your way back home. Now, that part is more than likely addressing any kind of fear or anxiety that we might have about communicating with the non-physical. It's like, oh, what if I can't get back to my body? And you see this with people who have OBEs, out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences. I'm out there. This is new territory. How do I get back? So I think that was really addressing that fear. But this pathway of bent stalks, not only does it allow you to get back home, it makes it easier to make that very same trip again. It's like walking to a destination in three feet of snow. Each time you make that trek, and of course, they're referring to energy pathways, it becomes easier. Each trip you are installing what the messengers have told me is an electromagnetic foundation. And we build on that foundation with each and every trip that we make. So those initial bumps in the road are no longer discernible. They just disappear or melt away. So let's go to the second paragraph. This, they're referring to establishing an energy pathway, ties into the purpose of meditation. Many humans believe that the purpose of meditation is a spiritual one. They believe that the purpose of meditation is for one to become, quote, enlightened. We say that this is true, but on less of a philosophical basis, but rather true on a physical basis at the quantum level. What I'm seeing here are some of my very first lessons on energy. 
again, this was just two months into my channeling and I was still learning. Well, I'm still learning every day, but back then I was like a kindergarten student. Maybe I'm now in fourth grade. But now I view the world through the filter of energy. It's energy vibrations, frequencies, and patterns. But back then, not so much. So, thus the lesson. They are correlating what I thought was clearly a spiritual practice, meditation, and comparing it with energy on a quantum level. This was new for me. Let's go to the third paragraph. Everything in the earth plane, as well as in our plane, is energy. Our communications take place through energy exchanges. Our communications to those like this one and the earth plane are also energy connections. In order for the connections to be clear and for one to be, as you say, a channel, meditation is just one instrument that can be helpful in this connection. To become enlightened is to become light. Light is our source. Our source stems from light. Much of your life on the earth plane is due to light. That is the energy coming from our sister star, your sun. Without the energies from her, Mother Earth could not support human life as she does now. They're really giving me the basics here, the kindergarten curriculum. But this is where I was. These were new concepts for me. That second sentence saying their communications take place through energy exchanges, and that's how they communicate with me. Well, now that's common sense, but I really hadn't thought of it that way back then. Now, of course, I view everything through the lens of energy. I know that every thought, every emotion has its own energy pattern, its own vibration. And when we communicate with others, that underlying energy is as important, if not more important, than the words we use. I've used this example before, and I'm sure many of you can relate. Have you ever walked into a room? where you see a couple of people, they're just sitting there, they're quiet, they're not saying anything. And maybe you haven't even gotten close enough to see their faces or to read their body language, but you know something is up. There is a tension in the air that is so apparent. Maybe the hair on the back of your neck stands up. Well, if you've experienced this, You've just read the energy of the room. You picked up on an argument they just had. Now, there is nothing apparent that your physical senses could register, but you know that's what happened. That is what the messengers have told me is using our emotional guidance system. That's one of the many tools the messengers have shared with us that I cover in my first book. It's an innate tool that emotional guidance system is part of our instinctual nature. We use it to read energy and we can learn to reactivate it. But back to the message, I love when they say 
To be enlightened means to become light. That's so concrete and simple, yet its implications are profound. They say that their source is light, and they are using that light to give their sister star, our sun, light. They say that without light, we would not survive. We know that's true. If it weren't for our sun, life on earth would look very different than it does today. If indeed there would be life on earth without our sun. So let's move on with the message of paragraph four. As one becomes enlightened, their energy shifts from a heavier, denser quality to one of a finer, and then in parentheses, in both senses of the word, frequency. The energy body with many humans can be seen by us as a dark, muddy, what you call sludge. It is extremely dense and light will not permeate these frequencies without difficulty. Throughout these messages, the messengers have had me put enlightened in quotations. So let me give a little aside here. For those who are new, when I receive messages, it's like dictation. The messengers tell me when to start a new paragraph, what punctuation to use, when to use quotes or parentheses. If I make a mistake, they say strike that and they give me the correct wording. So my definition of enlightened or enlightenment before I met the messengers, that definition was philosophical spiritual, and and maybe a little bit religious. But the messengers bring it back to the presence or absence of light. To be in the light is to be enlightened. And by the way, I'd love their parenthetical remark about shifting dense energy to finer frequencies, saying finer in both senses of the word, finer as in better, finer as in subtler. These messengers are sometimes wordsmiths extraordinaire. In chapter nine of the Reluctant Messenger, the chapter called Ascended Masters, the messengers say that the only difference between us on earth and ascended masters like Jesus and Buddha, the only difference is their proximity to source, to the light of the world, to the light of the creator. They tell me there's a continuum, and we are in this dense, sludgy, physical bodies. I guess we're just sludging around on Earth. But as we let go of those denser energies, those would be low vibrations like hate, envy, jealousy, greed. And as we replace those with higher vibrations of love, of gratitude, of laughter, then we begin to move closer, literally, to the light. And the ascended masters have done just that. They've ascended so much closer to the light of source. So in this paragraph, the messengers are literally explaining how many of us in earth have this dark, muddy sludge. I see that now, literally. And Sometimes I don't see it, but I feel it and I can sense it. But there's ways to counteract this. 
And you know, one of the easiest ways to counteract the low-lying energy? Smile. Even if you don't feel like it, simply smile. Force a smile on your face. And before long, it becomes genuine. That not only raises your own personal vibrations, it raises the vibrations of everything around you. We've got a few more paragraphs. With meditation, one's light body does indeed become light. The frequency, the vibrant frequency increases and the oscillation of the movement on a molecular level becomes higher. With these higher and subtler, lighter frequencies, it is much easier for communications to take place between our plane of existence and yours. This is pretty straightforward. When you meditate, your energy body becomes lighter. It vibrates at higher frequencies. And what's key here, though, is the last sentence. When your energy body vibrates higher, it's easier for that communication to occur with that non-physical realm where our angels and guides reside. And so our energy body vibrates much closer to their frequency patterns. And that's when we connect. We find a common ground to meet. In chapter eight of The Reluctant Messenger, The Crystalline Grid, we learn about a grid that surrounds the earth. Between the grid and the cosmos, as well as between the grid and that space between the grid and earth, there lies a space or an area that the messengers refer to as the interface. It is through this interface that the communications occur. I like to think of it as us reaching up toward our angels and guides and our angels and guides reaching down toward us. We meet in this interface this veil that separates our dimensions. The crystalline grid is put in place to help with those communications. But that's another story for another time. So let's move on. The last full paragraph. Yes, meditation is very helpful for cleaning energy blockages from your energy body. It is much less of a religious experience than what humans may realize. It is more of a quantum experience taking place at a subatomical level. Either way, the result is the same. One does indeed become enlightened and able to be a receptor of higher frequencies. So these cosmic friends are ending by taking the woo-woo and the mystical away from many of the experiences I've had. They're shining a light, pun intended, on the energy aspects by saying it's more of a quantum experience than a religious one. And that becoming enlightened allows us to be a receptor of higher frequencies. I love their pun. I love their play on words. It helps bring the topic home about energy and how important that is. I'm reminded of that quote by Nikola Tesla, and that's how I began The Reluctant Messenger with this quote. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, 
frequency and vibration. There's just one more sentence of this message, and it's kind of like a cosmic heads up on what's to come. A discussion is forthcoming regarding energy from a darker nature versus energy from a lighter nature, such as from ourselves. And true to their promise, they returned later that day with another message. I'll save that one and I'll probably use it for the next episode. So I, I hope you've enjoyed this new episode in my throwback series. I really end up gaining so much more as I go back and read these messages because I had not used them in either of my books. Some of these are new to me. I haven't read them since the day I dictated them. And now it's interesting. I have a fuller perspective because I've learned so much more since then. So it's it's fun too. If you like the episode, feel free to give it a thumbs up and rate it. I would love to have more subscribers. And until next time, remember kindness matters. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Reluctant Messenger. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, remember, how we use our personal energy is what defines us. Bring in those vibrations of love and gratitude and see how your life will change.